It's time for another bisexual brunch with Ashley Byrne, Lewis Oakley and Nicky Hodgson. If nobody was told what you were meant to do, if there weren't any rules, then we would be living in a totally different format. We as journalists and activists have always found it very difficult to find people who will openly talk about being bisexual. Just don't think there are enough bi perspectives on bi issues. I feel like we've got to talk about it because we're really comfortable doing that. It can be really intimidating. Bisexuality is not really understood because people have biphobic tendencies. And the second you mention bisexual, just their ears pick up. Oh, well, you, you're still confused, right? No, I'm not confused. I've always found myself at the mercy of gay and straight advice. You can have a bit of competition to see who's the better bisexual bruncher. This is Bisexual Brunch. So yeah, it's another bisexual brunch, and I've got a bone to pick with you, Nikki Hodgson. You mentioned oh, you mentioned the C word the other day in October. <laughs> the C word. Oh, the C word. I've gone. I've gone one step further since yesterday. I've actually even ordered the C tree. Really? <laughs> not for now. Not for delivery now, but for delivery on the first of December. Right. I suppose it's good that you're thinking ahead in a way, but. Honestly, it's it's one of my pet hates is I wouldn't start any of it until certainly after December the 1st. I get fed up of hearing about Christmas from as soon as summer's out of the way and everyone's gone on about the holidays, everyone just talks about Christmas all the time and the adverts on the TV and all the rest of it. It's like, go away. And yet when you well, get to Christmas, when you get to Christmas Day, which yeah. is when you're supposed to be celebrating, Christmas Day evening comes and you hear people next door will say, did you have a good Christmas? And I'm like, it's just started. There's a two weeks, <laughs> was it 10 days of Christmas? Or what is it? No, it's how many days of Christmas? 12, 12 days of Christmas. 12 days, 12 days yeah. of course it is. And, um, oh, I do. I celebrate all that. But yeah. and that's to me, uh, that's to me is Christmas, not Christmas in September <laughs> or October. So yes, you've got, well, you've, you've, okay. got a, you've got a, 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 a bad mark from me now, Nikki. Oh, right. got Scro- <laughs> we've got Scrooge and Mr. Stirs. No, what? No, I'll tell you why I've done it. Because uh, I have decided to kind of spread the cost of it because I hate getting to that last paycheck and thinking you've got to make it stretched by everything at Christmas time. So I'm trying to be more organised, part of that reason. And also because it's I'm slightly exciting myself. Yeah, and also... So I was sending myself up slightly when I said, I'm getting organised because... Also... And I booked stuff for Christmas because loads of things sell out. Exactly. So I'm just trying... That's all I'm doing, just trying to get it organised. Also, you're in a new house, so I suppose you want to celebrate it in the new home. Plus, you've got a doggy. You've got a doggy who wants to celebrate Christmas. It's it's doggy's first Christmas. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I did a lot of research into what kind of Christmas tree we could have, in, you know, because it wasn't dog-friendly, but it's going to be fine. Yeah. I'm getting a real one. I can't manage that real one. There's no... I just... Oh, I hate artificial trees. I know you can get really good ones now. They're really extravagant and made brilliant technological materials, but the, the smell of a real Christmas tree is just, for me, an intrinsic part yeah, of Yeah, so I, get, I, I forgive you. I forgive you. I suppose it's Are your... Are you warming up a bit now, <laughs> It's your first... Cri- is it your baby's first Christmas, is it, this time? Lewis? Uh, first, no, 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 she was here last second year. Christmas, second um, I think, Ash, though, I do think you're fighting a losing battle on this. So I think you've got to remember <laughs> last year, Christmas, and we were guilty of this in our house. It was like, you know what? We've been locked up for half this year. Like, let's just make Christmas a bit longer. Let's extend it. Like, let's get started now, months early. Um, and this year, obviously, it's a bit different because touch wood, we're not locked down yet. And hopefully we won't be. But also this year will be the first year we can all have Christmas together as families because last year we weren't allowed so yeah. and then I think maybe two years in a row of like oh well we just kind of start Christmas like from the start of October 
that might just catch on, Ash. So you might just have to get get involved with the cult. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I, 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 Christmas is, it's done my head in for many, many years. To be honest, the thing I've always wanted to do is just get away for Christmas, and I always oh, find you should that. Do it. But it's really hard because places either book up or they won't allow bookings until a certain date. But this year we've mm. managed it, and we're going away just to another city, just so we can get away from where we are, just just to different surroundings, really. So we managed to do that, thank, yeah. thank heavens. Um, but yeah, I I just find it all. I'd think the whole thing just a, a pain in the back. The other thing that that is that annoys me now is that not only we've got Christmas, but and this our our American listeners won't necessarily know this, but um, we've started adopting lots of your traditions now for some strange reason. We have we have we have we have Black Friday, the commercialization of Black Friday, which suddenly emerged a few years ago, which I really don't get. If somebody from America can explain it to me, please do. Um, and then we've got um, we we have we have uh, everyone has a school prom now. That's become a, a thing for over here, which we never had over in, in the past in in Britain. And of course, the big thing. Um, is Halloween, which Halloween has always been celebrated in the UK, but never as big as it is now. I mean, it starts. Some people start celebrating it in September, and literally it goes. And, and, and the, the, we're actually recording uh, our show today on Halloween. I know there's a big tradition in Ireland, um, but for me, growing up in and you probably um, Nikki in Yorkshire, the big celebration was always Bonfire Night because of the history to do with. Uh, Guy Fawkes and blowing up Parliament and all the rest of it. But the day before mm. was also celebrated, if you remember, and probably more so than Halloween, and that was a thing called Mischievous Night in yes. Yorkshire, uh, where basically kids go around really being, just basically being mischievous. Um, and that was bigger than Halloween in a way. So I don't quite understand how it's how it's turned around. In fact, I'm quite surprised with you two, actually, that you're not in Halloween outfits. I thought you <laughs> might have been, I thought that would be up your, up your uh, tree. <laughs> for well, me, I think I, it's old. I'm getting old. I was saying this to Laura the other day. Like, I'm getting old now. Like, Halloween used to be like LGBT Christmas. It was like, how slutty am I going to go this year? <laughs> um, I, I once went as Grinder, um, and this year I don't even have a costume because it's about the kids' costumes and stuff. So that's weird. I actually find as I've gotten older as now that probably Bonfire Night is the one I look forward to more because it's more autumn-y. It's more like, oh, let's have hot chocolate. Let's all be outside by a fire. Um, and you know, let's let's let the government like know that you know we won't tolerate too much crap from them, <laughs> which, which is probably why they don't they don't like us. Um, of course, <laughs> it is. They always keep it small on purpose because it could become a. Well, I remember, I remember, par- I remember parking cake we used to have on bonfire night and, to- oh, yeah. and toffee ha- toffee apples. Um, still that. And of course, penny for the guy and all the rest of it. But do you remember mischievous night? Nikki. Yes, I do, because everybody used to be paranoid that their car badges were going to get stolen or their egg windows were going to get egged. Um, thinking about bonfire night, actually, when I was a kid in Yorkshire, they used to put effigies of Margaret Thatcher on the bonfire <laughs> in Wakey and burn them. That is like one of my earliest memories, yeah. actually, of bonfire night. I find it quite funny. Yeah, now, I, doubt, I, doubt, I doubt that was happening up the road in Harrogate. <laughs> it probably wasn't. Well, how it's miles away from where I am from? I know, but, I know, yeah. I know. People forget but, how big but, Yorkshire is, really, don't they? But that's true. But what I was gonna say is, yeah. I love Bonfire Night too. But this year, I've got the dog, and I'm in a bit of a quandary because he's yeah. he heard some fireworks the other night, and he went a bit crazy. So I don't know what to do because I've been invited to a gorgeous party, but I can't take him with me. But I can't really leave him. No. So maybe it's just time that I have to stay home this year now. But but the other thing Aww. is just mentioning the American the American stuff and obviously Halloween's been a big tradition in America for a long time. As I say, it doesn't come from America. I think you know I, I think Ireland's got a claim on it somewhere along the lines because they don't they have a 
a, a day, a special Saints Day, All Saints Day, directly after uh, Halloween, I think, if I remember rightly. All but Souls Day, all, isn't or it? Or something Ash? like that. It's something like that. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, that's one thing that's we we seem the commercialization seems to have come from America. But um, I've I'm now finding people saying to me, "Would you want to come to a a Thanksgiving dinner?" As in, oh. so people people are starting to mark American Thanksgiving without knowing any, having any understanding at all of what it's thanks, thanking for at the end of no November. Way. Yeah, so what, Brit, what Brits? Yeah, Brits, Brits. People Brits. in America know the American family. Brits, weird, weird. I mean, I, I did find that when I work, used to work um, full time in 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 broadcasting uh, as opposed to running my own company, but working for a broadcaster, commercial radio, uh, we always had a big thing in July around American Independence Day about there's a sales thing going on a bit of a gimmick and all the rest of it and the vast majority of people brits did not know that it was celebrating the independence right. from britain they had no idea so there's a lot of lack of knowledge of people's history which is quite scary in some respects you know but anyway so uh, yeah i'm very surprised that you're not sat there with a with a witch's hat on nikki and uh and, and, and I mean, to be fair, that is pretty much my daily costume anyway, Ash. Like, we all know, I do look like some kind of newfangled witch. No, you so, don't. That, I mean, don't. so I'm having a day off today, actually. <laughs> the opposite, right around. Um, Lewis, what have you, your kids' costumes? What, what costumes do you get your kids? So Maisie's got a really cute um, little pumpkin thing that you just slip on. Oh. Jamie, I don't know if I should say this... He's, he's going as one of, one of the guards from uh, Squid Games. <laughs> oh, really? Love it. It's very inventive. Which I was like, oh, God. Um, but at the same time, like, it's not just that these kids have seen the TV show, which is quite gory and, and dark. But I think also people are parodying it on TikTok, which I think is more exciting enough. Because the other day, literally, we went into central London yesterday with Maisie, which is like the second ever time we've taken her into central London because it's oh. too busy. But there were so many kids... Who looked about six that had the the Squid Game masks on? I was like, surely they haven't seen it. Surely not. No, so so it's yeah. become a trend anyway. Separate of it is that what? Yes, yeah, so you don't down. even need to have seen the show to be into it, which is strange. Well, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk about um, bisexuality because that's why we're here, of course. Um, when we did the last episode, recorded the last episode, it was just breaking that um, Superman. Um, the new Superman, um, the Su- Superman's son, I think it is, isn't it, uh, was basically to uh, be bisexual. And I managed to get a little mention of it right at the beginning of the show. Um, now, there's been a bit of furore about this, hasn't there? Lots of people sort of criticising it as very token. Um, this is people within the LGBT world uh, criticising it. Um, and if I'm being honest about it, I think it's great. It's brilliant that people are making characters bisexual. But I think there's so many completely missed opportunities because I I don't see any depth in any of these characters. It feels like virtue signalling for the sake of it sometimes, and I think that's quite I think that's quite sad. So you know, you had people on here over here. There was a there's a gay actor uh, who's actually not been particularly uh, pro bi in the past called Christopher Biggins who had a bit of a go about saying it was too woke and why are we following this? Blah 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 blah. Now you can object you can object to characters becoming certain you know certain ways and, and all the rest of it and i've no you know i've no um qualms with arguing the case with him that actually no it is good to have a by character and all, all that kind of thing but you do start to think to yourself how much of this can we have without any real sort of depth to it because when we interviewed um 
the writer of the last character who'd come out as bisexual uh, in Marvel, was it Loki? Um, I kept pressing for a bit of storyline, a bit of depth, a bit of, a bit of, you know, a bit of, what does it mean? What does this bisexual character do? What, what defines them, etc.? And nothing was coming. And it's the same with this. It feels to me it's token and actually, in a way, is going to defeat the object. Yes, you're going to get the awareness out there in a way, but people are just going to get start to get a bit fed up. We need some depth. It's exactly the same as when I walk into Sainsbury's and there's flags everywhere for Black History Month. And I think to myself, fantastic. But what are you doing? What's happening? Yeah, you might, I don't know whether they're giving donations to something or whatever or supporting stuff behind the scenes. But at least tell me, tell me what is what is it about Black History Month that you're celebrating? What do you want to celebrate? And what do you want people to know about it? And it's the same with LGBT History Month and all the rest of it. So I think it's this, this virtue signaling thing that concerns me. Everyone wants to be part of it. But is it really in the end, Nikki, doing a disservice because actually... People might watch Superman, but they don't necessarily then get to know anything more about being bisexual. Mm, I think it's a really good point, Ash. I think one of the dangers, well, one of the problems, we talk about woke culture all the time, don't we, at the minute? And I think, and I really dislike that phrase because obviously that's a phrase that's taken actually from black civil rights and there's there's loads and loads of stuff going on there. So I'll just use it because I know that's what everyone's going to understand when I say it. But um, what is really frustrating about it is that I am all for minorities being brought to the fore and their stories being told and their struggles being shared and people understanding that you can be a minority and, you know, have a great time in your life and like function and get everything you need done, done. But the problem is that when people just kind of cream off the top certain categories of people or characters and there isn't any depth, you, what happens is that the people watching think, well, what was the point? Or, well, that person isn't any different to me. So I'm not, they don't go on a journey of understanding something new about humanity as a result of seeing that character portrayed. They just think, oh, well, this person is just like me, but has a different acronym. So therefore, why should I be interested in their struggles? Because they're all the same as mine. And that is a massive disservice, whether it's LGBT rights you're talking about, black rights, like, it, it, you know, it doesn't really matter. If you want people to see shared humanity so they can connect with the characters they're seeing, but if there isn't the struggle explained or the backstory given, then it's redundant. And actually, yeah, it is more harmful than beneficial. And I think actually it's worse for us being the B because we've never had the opportunity, like some of the other letters in the acronym, to explain our struggles. And therefore, you're getting this thing a lot now whereby people will mention bisexuality and they'll say, well, why do they need to keep talking about bisexuality? Why, why do they need to come out? Everyone, nobody's bothered, blah, 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 blah. Well, actually, we've still got a struggle and it's it's alive and kicking. And, you know, we get it in our post bag all the time, people writing to us who are struggling. And, and you know, if we're going to hide that, then we're doing a real disservice. Uh, Lewis? Ooh... Bisexual Superman. Okay, so what I what I think on this is actually quite complicated. I think in in the first instance, I think it's great. I think having yet another um, point of reference of what bisexuality looks like is good. Um, I think you know as well, comic books and bisexuality. I do think they go hand in hand. I know we're we're having Kevin on, who's like a big. Um, like really into that space of like superheroes and comics and all that kind of stuff. And I do find 
there is some sort of subculture there where bisexuals tend to be in that kind of comic book space. So having that as a point of reference, I think, you know, even for me growing up, if I'd have grown up in a world where, oh, there, there is a version of Superman that's bisexual in this one comic book series, that would, that would be great. And let's not forget, this isn't Superman as we know it, it's Superman's son. And so the thing in comics is whenever they do gender flip or whenever they do change um, the race or the sexuality, it's actually not always the bigger deal as it is as like rewriting a character like James Bond or Doctor Who or whatever it is, because they're kind of mantles that are passed on anyway. So, you know, obviously we all know Clark Kent as Superman, but there are different versions of Superman. This happens to be one of the many versions of one of his sons. So it's not even that whole reclaim thing. Because I get the argument of like, look, this character was great on its own. You can't just retrofit diversity into it. Like some sort of J.K. Rowling-like thought. Um, you know what I mean? So so I get that. Then I do think what, what you were saying, Ash, about the whole thing about, oh, but it feels token and stuff. I actually do agree at the same time as thinking it's good. And I think the problem is just the world we're living in at the moment. And, and to your point, Nikki, about being woke, I feel like maybe there's just too much of it now where it's like, oh, well, we're trying to retrofit diversity into absolutely any hole we can. Um, and so then it means less because it's like, oh, well, you know, yeah, you know, Superman came out as bisexual today. Tomorrow, this character's going to come out as trans. This one's going to come out as an eco-activist or whatever. And it all feels very much we're all just getting lost in the same conversation. So it's a bit of a weird, a weird one. Um, I think as well, you know, if you're looking at the, the character that this super superhero is playing, it's very left wing as well. It's like, oh, well, we can't possibly do a, um, do a bisexual character that wouldn't be left wing. It isn't fighting for the planet and stuff like that, even though he's got super cold breath that could refreeze the ice caps if he wanted to. So it kind of feels a bit silly. It's like, actually, I don't know if you guys have been following in America, there's like a congresswoman or something that's bi and everyone kind of celebrated her being bi, but actually her policies are not very left-leaning at all. And people are like, there's literal thought pieces that are like, we've been let down, you know, her bisexuality, we thought it meant that she had to have a certain view of politics. And so I do find in that way, it's like, okay, let's do loads of different bi characters, but we need the right wingers, the left wingers, the people that think the plant's dying, the people that think it's not. Like let's, it can't just be that we, that it's just uh, seen as a woke thing because I think that's a problem, isn't it? If Superman had come out as a right wing bisexual, people would be like, well, it's not really woke, is it then? What is it? It's confusing. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's, it's strange. And, and and let's fly the flag for those in the middle, you know, the moderates amongst us who are out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It feels to me as though it's going to be a long time before moderates get any, uh, any, any say at all at the moment with regards to the way in which the world is going constantly. Well, it doesn't um, get but, clicks, Ash. It doesn't get clicks. No, I don't. A moderate view does not get clicks. So. There you go. There you go. For some strange reason, although it's kept us going for quite a number of years, actually. Um, but what do you think, Nikki, to what Lewis was saying? Yeah, I completely agree with Lewis, actually. I think, you know, we always want to simplify things, don't we? We always want to say that one thing is the point of something, or there's only one possible meaning or one possible shade. And you can have a negative and a positive held at the same time, and both of those things can be opposing, and both of them can be true, actually. And so I think what Lewis is drawing attention to is the complexity. And I think because everyone's always being forced, like we say, Ash, to be in the binary, to pick the right or the wrong, the left or the right, the black or the white, the, you know, it's like that is extremely irksome to lots of people. And it forces people to then say they've got a view which they actually don't have. Because if you press them a bit further, everybody's view is more complicated. It's never just as simple as 
that's what I believe in one sentence. Yeah, and I think, that, I think that's what's missing in the world we're in today is we, just, we can't have those detailed conversations, which, of course, we get on Bisexual Brunch. And actually, it's interesting that um, podcasts, and you know I hate the word podcast, but online shows, as it were, are tend to be longer now. So actually, you know, this this notion that that people have got very short attention spans, to an extent, is being turned on its head because people are actually turning to places where they want a bit more... They want a bit more depth. They want to understand things a little bit more. Um, but the thing that I think gets me is the fact that we just go... The media... And the media never learns on this. And it happens when some big person dies and, and whatever. We go OTT with stuff. And then we, and we destroy people's interest in whatever that topic is. So you get people who, who might be not particularly, you know, uh, enlightened. But they... You know, like my, my partner's grandma who's in her 90s. She's interested in... Yeah, LGBT things. She's but but she won't necessarily want it completely one hundred percent rammed down her throat twenty four hours a day. Do you know what I mean? And that we've got to accept that that people who aren't necessarily part of that particular area of life aren't going to necessarily want it constantly. And I think we do ourselves a disservice by con- you know at the moment there are various history months of various degrees LGBT history, Black history, whatever, and the media is going over and over the top with it. And it's great to make make a point. We need to do these things and whatever. But in the long run, you know, what's it? Is it gonna? Is it actually gonna help or is it gonna hinder? And I wonder if actually, on balance, it might end up hindering. And actually, they'll exhaust themselves with it and then stop doing things. So you won't get the the special. You know what I mean? What we need to be doing is making sure that characters and and, and presenters and all the rest of it appear in the whole sort of you know, mainstream of everything anyway, don't we? That's what we need. We need people to to be able to appear there. Which brings me to the point of two of our soap operas here in the UK, um, which still garner massive viewing figures. Um, people, you know, often write off uh, mainstream TV, but it's still huge in terms of numbers, actually. Five and six million viewers each time the show goes out or whatever. Two of our shows... Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, I have no then, idea. Five then, million? Yeah, yeah. Between four and six million. Then you've got the you've got the um, consolidated uh, ratings over the month where people listen, you know, watch online and all the rest of it. So yeah, this there's is an, quite an investment. It's like half an hour, like three yeah. or four days a week. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But you've got but people obviously watch stuff on catch up a lot now and, and will binge watch stuff and things like that. But you have a narrative, don't you, that Netflix and all these things are, are doing really well. And they are, to an extent, although you can't get the actual figures a lot of the time. But mainstream telly and mainstream radio, the figures out for this week on radio, is doing exceptionally well. They're both the great survivors. So, And I've been to conferences for the last 10 years, and every single conference you go to, media conference, is writing off mainstream radio and TV. Oh, it's going to be dead tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? It's still here. But anyway, <laughs> the point of what I was trying to say is... That, that is interesting. Is, it is interesting. The, the point what I was trying to say is that we've got two soap operas, two of our, two our biggest soap operas, EastEnders and, and Coronation Street, who this week touched on bisexuality. Now, the first scenario was EastEnders. Uh, there's a character called Stacy. She's just come out of prison. And she's just revealed, having come out of prison, that she's got married to um, her f- female inmate. Okay. Um, uh, but um, it turns out that's an opportunity. She's been in a relationship with a with with Martin in in EastEnders for a long time, and so you'd automatically think 
that she was bisexual. In fact, the the you know the duff duff moment was accompanied by lots of people on Twitter saying, "I know she's bipolar, but I didn't realise she was bisexual." And I saw this, and I thought, "Oh, brilliant! We've got we finally got a bisexual character." What do you think the story was? Come on, guess. What do you think the story was? Because I know you two don't watch soaps. What do you think the story was when we returned uh, a few days later? What was the reality of her getting together with her? Um, and she'd married, basically. She got married to her uh, inmate. What do, you think was, what do you think the story was? She was a lesbian. She now discovered she was a lesbian. Not quite, not quite. Um, basically, go on, guess. Uh, uh, Louis, can you guess? What might, what did might did she go back to men and it was all, her sexuality was just based on the circumstance of her being in prison? It could have been either of those scenarios, but no, basically what it was, was that uh, both of them were trying to get out of jail and, and have a, a new life and be seen to be on the straight and narrow and all the rest of it. And the fact that they'd got this partnership was seen as posit- a positive thing to their probationers and all that kind of thing. So they basically made it up in order to be seen to be in a stable kind of family kind of bond situation so there was a fantastic missed opportunity um to build on a bisexual uh, potentially bisexual storyline because the list the viewers were there on tenterhooks thinking oh it's a bisexual storyline and they missed the opportunity so i thought that was really bad and then on coronation street um there's been this big storyline around um a, 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 a boy who was killed um uh, around the goth side of things you know somebody was persecuted for being a goth and and that one of the characters is a goth the female characters in it is a goth and her boyfriend died um but she's always displayed an element of bisexuality but it's never been mentioned it never gets mentioned anyway in this particular episode this week she's got together with her uh, a friend and uh, they talk about uh, Seb has died and and but but Seb wanting her to be happy and uh, and you know Seb would want me to be happy and I feel as I'm going to be happy with you and there's a nice loving touching moment that they and they're getting together and all the rest of it but in t- in the entirety of that storyline there's been no mention at all of the fact that um, this. Uh, character is actually fundamentally bisexual so basically the audience are thinking oh she's gone from straight to being gay so she's found out she's gay she's not they're not thinking oh actually she's a she's a potentially a um you know bisexual woman here so i think you lewis and i uh, nikki should um basically approach the soaps because i just don't think they get bisexuality at all um which is ridiculous you know we need to advise people because you know we're getting stories all the time on our show aren't we from different people all around the world and those stories are so varied and so detailed and so interesting and so many dilemmas and so many interesting things that could could connect with the audience um you know and we we had a we obviously have in the news this week a i think it was australian footballer has come out as gay um which is fantastic brilliant um Emma Goswell, um, one of our colleagues in radio, was on talk radio last night talking about the importance of coming out and all the rest of it. I tweeted Emma and I said, think about it, though. Um, You know, it's great that people are coming out, but I wonder how many bisexual footballers there are, how many bisexual footballers there are who would love to come out but can't come out because we've got that extra challenge, haven't we? Yes, it's, 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 it's a big thing coming out as gay, but I bet there's a lot of people who are bisexual who still would have a struggle coming out because they're in 
they're probably in a relationship where they can't be open about it. So, you know, there's a. <laughs> it, 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 we, we definitely need more um, focus on the whole area of being bisexual. And I'll, I'll shut up in a second and let you two talk about it. But on a different note, I was listening. I was watching a program in the middle of the night last night, and it was. Um, um, a Starsky and Hutch episode, which Americans will know what I'm talking about, I'm sure, and most people, but people in Britain will remember, cop show from the 1970s, and it was um, it was really interesting because it must have been one of the earliest moments of a of a show embracing non-binary. There was this girl on it; was 12 years old, and basically she insisted throughout the entire uh, show uh, scenario around her character uh, of being called Peter. And there was references to this and how she wants to be referred to as Peter. And the two main characters, Starsky and Hutch, were going along with it and doing things that were a bit tomboyish and all these kind of things. And um, I thought to myself, that must have been one of the very rare moments, one of the first first moments that non-binary was sort of sort of accepted in some way, really, on on, on telly. And I thought it was it was quite uh, it's quite touching, and there was no issues about it. Nobody was having to go about how you know how strange it was or anything like that. So um, credit where credit's due to Aaron Spelling and the rest who created Starsky and Hutch. Uh, they did Dallas and various other things uh, back in the 1970s. So, what do you think then on this on this point, then, Nikki? What's um, you know we're a long way, aren't we, from people even getting to understand the basics of bisexuality in television programs? Yeah. So, is it because there are no bisexual people who are writing the storylines, or is it because the bisexual people that are involved in the storylines don't want to push the envelope too much in case they're seen as I don't know, coming across as, you know, just a little bit too much, a bit too bisexual. Are they kind of dipping their toe in the water because there isn't a precedent for how you fully explore a bisexual character and all the nuances that come with them being bi? That would, that's really interesting to me because I don't, like we always say, we don't know that many bisexuals and I certainly don't know any bisexual screenwriters. No, absolutely. No, I think, I think you're right. I think the answer to that question for me is I just don't know because I think people just aren't open, are they, about it? And you know, they might not want to be. And, and, and I don't know, I think it's I think they're in situations whereby the, the, the discussions around it are, in a way, except in certain circles, um, are, are closed down. What do you think, Louise? I think complex issues are complex. And I think a lot of TV shows really struggle um, with, you know, we've got this bi character now, but what do we do of them? Throw them in threesomes and show that they're, in despair because they can't choose between different genders. Um, that they don't understand that actually, you know, you, you can say it and then be in a relationship and, and, and you know, it's like, oh, but we've got, look, our, our main focus is not that this one character out of 50 happens to be bisexual. We haven't got the time to be like, oh, they're really getting involved in Pride this year because they want people to know that they're bisexual even though they look like they're straight because they're in this relationship. So I think it's complex. I think it's complex for a reason. I also think, especially in the way we've been talking about this, I feel like this all seems a bit more like for the benefit of straight people. Like, oh, let's get bisexuals in Corrie because then the straight idiots will understand it. Um, rather than it's like for bi people to see bi representation and making a palatable version of bisexuality that ticks just the right boxes so that straight people are like, you know what, those bi's, they're all right. Um, it reminds me though, I wanted two years ago... Um, kind of reach out to the bi community and put together a booklet of bisexual characters and storylines. So we would all come together and say, look, 
copyright free, copyright free. Like I've got this idea for a bisexual character, maybe it's based on me, or a bisexual storyline, maybe it's based on something that happened to me. Putting this all together in a book, loads of my experiences, getting it printed and sending it out to all the production houses and being like, look, if you ever come to a bisexual character, here's here's a booklet, just put it on your shelf and you know, t- get it out when you're writing a bisexual character and here it here it all is. So maybe that's something the three of us can do in 2022. Reach out to people, collate some bisexual storylines and character descriptions, crowdfund getting it printed and just send it all to send it all to production houses. No, absolutely. And then they've got no excuse. No, I agree. There's another area to this as well and um having discussions at the moment with various broadcasters about trying to get uh, more out there on bisexuality and as you know both know it's a struggle um but i had a conversation with somebody this yeah. this week who was saying oh if we do this blah 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 uh we need to make sure that um you know uh the the, the obvious questions are asked the, the the things like you know um the fact that people think that we're all promiscuous, the fact that they think we're going to cheat, the fact that they, they can't understand the basics of being bisexual. Now, uh, I've got no problem with that because I think it's important to break down these myths and to say, well, actually, that's a load of nonsense, blah, 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 head on. But there are other areas of discussion at the moment in the media around LGBT things where those that kind of discussion about the particular gender or sexuality or whatever would be completely closed down, wouldn't it? You wouldn't be able to ask those kind of things. So what I'm saying is we're, we're, we're further back still on bisexuality that people still don't get the... They, they, they somehow, some people somehow, I think, in their, in their minds, think it's some kind of sort of fetishism or, 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 or sort of... Um, do you know what I mean? It's it's weird, isn't it? It's like a bit of a game or it's something that people just play at. I mean, women find that a lot, Nikki, don't they? Mm, yeah, I mean, I think, put it this way, if you were privy to some kind of meeting between a broadcaster and somebody who was pitching an idea and they said, oh, so we need to ask us answer the obvious questions in regards to someone being gay and we need to check that they are not going to fancy your husband, brother or son that they don't have HIV, that, you know, you'd just be appalled. You'd think, what what on earth are you talking about? This is, It'd be so archaic, but we haven't even gone on that journey yet. No, no, absolutely. We're, it's very, very early days, and, um, yeah, it's quite interesting. So, yeah, I think we, I think Lewis is right. I think that's a great idea, Lewis. Uh, and maybe we should invite people, uh, you know, listening to Bisexual Brunch to take part in that. We'll come up with something. Um, but I think we, I actually think, directly, we should approach you know, Corrie EastEnders and Emmerdale and say to them, look, because they're doing things all the time where they're trying to get representation. But I don't think they've got anybody advising them on bisexuality at all. And of course, you know, we're uh, we're, we're in the um, uh, pride power list, for heaven's sake. So uh, they have to listen to us, don't they? <laughs> so. Yeah, we're, we're very willing consultants. And also, can I just say, for anyone who's been watching Corrie recently, I don't know if you are, Ash, yeah. this whole sinkline, sinkhole story has been... <laughs> Just beyond, I don't watch Corrie, but I saw this on Gogglebox about Corrie. And I was like, wow, maybe I'm going to start watching it again because it's just so dramatic and over the top. Yes. There's a sinkhole, Lewis, and all these people have been falling in it. Somebody tried to shoot somebody inside the sinkhole. 
then a, then a couple what? got stranded in it and then they got separated in the water and one of them died. It was just so dramatic. Like dramatic is not even the word. Yeah, it's too it's melodramatic. Not, uh, over, over, over the top. And I'm trying I'm trying Never to sort of erase it through my memory so that maybe in a few episodes' time I can start be- believing things again. The same thing happened in East Enders a couple of years ago where and I, I actually interviewed the, the actress about it and where um one of the characters ended up basically burying her husband alive, more or less, or trying to. And and I, and I said to I said to the actress afterwards, actor afterwards, how did why how, how do you feel about it? She says, well, I had to go along with it because it was part of the story. But she says we tried to quickly and actually, to be fair, the writers did quickly get rid of it and get it out of the way and whatever. And I said, well, for me as a as a viewer who's been watching the program for ages, I just had to destroy it from my mind because I wouldn't be able to watch it again. You know what I mean? But the thing about soap operas or about long running dramas is that and they've been going for a long time. Remember. They do have their ups and downs. There are moments when things are brilliant, and other moments when things are, you know, are, are dreadful. But I think there is a there's a trend at the moment to obviously hype things up. There's also a trend to do a lot of a lot of virtue signalling of getting mentions of different things in. And sometimes they shoe on things in so that you get messages around different things, and you start to think to yourself, well, is this a drama and a soap opera, or and I'm what something I want to enjoy, or is it a public information film? Do you know what I mean? It's starting to be a bit like that. They feel as though they have to tick certain boxes. And I, I just, you know, as somebody who, who ticks one of those boxes, an LGBT box, I find it quite tiring at times just to, you know, it just becomes a little bit over the top. You know, they've got a storyline at the moment where there's a there's a black footballer who happens to be gay as well. And they, they're tying in both sides of all the different prejudices and different issues all in one. And what's so annoying is that this character who's got, obviously, got you know, the actor's got a lot of um, talent and could do lots of other things. He doesn't appear in any other storyline. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it, it feels feels too token, you know. So it's just, it's just scary. Anyway, um, we've had quite a lot of um, correspondence in the last um, week or two. Um, and I just need to read some of those out, I think, because they're quite interesting. Um, uh, Lewis... Um, you got reaction from somebody about your um, you having a go at the uh, cyclists. Um, did I? Yes, you did. You did. <laughs> oh God! What did they say? <laughs> Luke Gray. Oh, Luke, Luke Gray said, "Loving the cycle chat." As an ex bike courier, I can confirm we are not always aiming at people on crossings. Just take it easy, Lewis, and wear a helmet. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's not as bad as it could have been. They were going to do like a cycle protest outside my house or something. But he did. He did back. Yeah, he, did, he did back it up with um, a, a comment about something else you talked about last time. He said, uh, "I liked your tribal comment, Lewis. I've always struggled with being part of a group. Do you think this is a by thing?" And I, I think, yeah, we've we discussed this a lot. It probably is in a way, isn't it? The individualism that comes with being. Uh, being bisexual, which I think I think is a good thing and should be celebrated. Yeah, I think I don't think we are that tribal as bisexual people. I think we're, we're I think that's the problem. We're too we're all too individual. It's really hard to sometimes connect with other people that share the, the sexuality. But then we got um, Sylvia from Milan, who picked up on our conversation about um, 
identity that we were talking about last time and she says to, she says i really like buy bracelets and wish people would wear them all the time and she also says as to the dress sense black dark and gothic clothing accessories are common amongst bi people vampires are the bi's fashion icons for women also lolita burlesque and retro styles at times with a touch of mistress like flavor purple is definitely the bi color um, so that's interesting. My, I, I, did you indulge in any of that when you were a dominatrix, um, Nikki? Any of those cost kind of costumes? Were you involved in? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, whatever anybody wanted, but you know, the most popular costume was the HR lady. Oh, really? Think, as I've said before. Yeah, because she's got <laughs> she's got the power to ruin your life, to take away everything that you've worked for, <laughs> to completely emasculate you. So the HR lady was by far the most popular scenario and costume. That's interesting. That's, That's interesting. interesting. I love the, the, the gothic thing, though. I think that, yeah, maybe I could sound to be a tad more gothic. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I had a gothic I had a gothic phase as a teenager, but you know it didn't last long, and then I looked way better with blonde hair. So my only problem with some of that is that it, I think it's you know I don't have a problem with people wanting to find an identity, and we talked last time about how you know I um, I always what autistic. kind of hat are you gonna get? Yeah, all the hat I was yeah. gonna get and being a bit eccentric, etc. I have no problem with that, but I think the danger is a bit like in the gay world is that if you're not careful, you, if you end up letting the world define you by certain things then you also find that a lot of people are alienated by that. So, you know, what, you know, I know there are these areas that you mentioned, Lewis, at the beginning of a lot of um, bi people being into certain kinds of uh, things like Comic-Con, all these kind of things, which is great. But there'll be just as many bi people out there who just would not touch any of that with a barge pole. Do you know what I mean? So we just have to mm. be careful, I think. So I like the individuality, but as you say, it's very difficult. In a way, it's very difficult to sell individuality. That tends to be... You know, the, the problem, doesn't it? Um, she also said, uh, yeah, yes, I wish buy places existed or at least buy corners in bigger places. Not like segregation, obviously, but as an opportunity to create an, a strong sense of community and visibility. And we've got a few more um, comments from different people here. A nice one from Gloria in Catalonia, who I had to translate what she said. Oh, in all this time, I've gone without seeing uh, any bisexuality, basically, in the media generally. And I've lost a lot of things and she's reaching out and giving us a big hug for what we've uh, given her. So I thought that was oh, nice. Oh, that's so, sweet. Aww. So a big hug back to you, Gloria, from all of us here. Um, and then there was a few other people who've talked about um, what it is, the good things about being bisexual. Um, Tony Johnson in New York said, he thought of another one, I think he gave us one last time. He said, no matter the gender or of the person I'm dating or married to, we can check our hotties together. So that was quite a nice one. <laughs> yeah, that's always fun. It's always fun. It's always fun. And there's a couple more here. Mr. Tops has just given us another message saying, keep up the great work you're doing. Um, and then there was a mention from, um, oh, a guy from Limerick. Uh, Dan in Limerick in the Irish Republic said, the bi journey stories are the best. Also different, I've realised I'm definitely bi from listening to your show. So I think that's something we don't necessarily... We mentioned it a couple of times before, but there are literally people listening to this show for the first time and realising they're actually bisexual, which says, again, says that the invisibility um, and the erasure is so stark, isn't it, all around the world? Um, and then somebody here says, I'm actually looking forward to work tomorrow just so I can listen to this. That was Laurie uh, in Pennsylvania. Oh. 
Um, <laughs> I, I always love hearing the personal stories, and Samantha Baines was no exception. Relatable and yet still very unique, which is really good. Uh, somebody else has um, commented on the stories we had last time, the history ones about um, uh, the Cyril story from the 1930s. Um, found it quite found it very interesting, and also our mention of the Wolfenden report was really interesting. In that, and then um, and then somebody says Robin Lind- Rob Lindhurst in Ohio says, "Thank you so much for mentioning my tweet in last week's episode. Uh, definitely had a freak out moment when I heard it. Keep doing that great buy thing that you do." So that was Rob Blindhurst in Ohio. Thank you, Rob, for that. Um, so we're getting some great responses and great feedback from lots of people, which is which is fantastic. And um, long that may continue. Um, Ross in Los Angeles, something we need to maybe have a look into. I've not seen this. He says, have you seen that documentary on Netflix about conver- conversion therapy in churches? Pray away. Wondering what you think about the storylines and how bioerasia factors in. So maybe we need to do a bit of research on that and talk about that. Um, I presume it just doesn't mention anything about bisexuality anywhere in the in the piece. Um, and then somebody else has said about the best thing about um, being bisexual, being attracted to the beautiful sexiness in people, regardless of gender. And somebody else says our understanding of human beings so some lovely feedback there from everybody please keep it coming um and we will talk uh after we've had our bisexual story uh bisexual journey story uh, which is with basically um lewis's opposite number in the united states if you think about lewis taking his clothes off kevin <laughs> is basically lewis in america really so we'll be talking to uh, kevin in a few moments time He's interesting and different because so far we haven't spoken to a bisexual man in a gay-facing relationship who happens to be bisexual. Um, So that'll be interesting in just a few moments. And after that, we'll be um, basically putting your latest question to us in the Ask a Bisexual feature. That's coming up a little bit later on. You're listening to the Bisexual Brunch Podcast. Do you want a cup of tea? I'll have half a cup. And that caught on. Yeah, that became a kind of catchphrase, I think. It was the hilarious film of 1999. It wasn't anything to do with race or religion or creed or colour. It was as simple as an art student who thinks he's all free and easy and thinking that that's going to be okay. East is East by Ayub Khan Din broke new ground by portraying a relationship between a British woman and her Asian husband. And as a new version of the story comes back to the stage in Birmingham, why not remind yourself of the movie classic with Distinct Nostalgia's special trilogy of star interviews. Oh, frig off and wash your bastard curtains, you dirty cow. And I swear to God, that's one of the best lines I've ever had to say in my life. But the film had a serious side too, tackling both racism and domestic violence. I threw myself and put all my physical strength into trying to stop him. And I couldn't. In Helsinki, they were saying, I can't believe you've made this film. It's incredible because it's showing what life is like for us now. A series of special interviews with Linda Bassett, Leslie Nichol and Chris Bisson. It was a great script and it was a timely thing to tell because it hadn't been told before. They've done all sorts of incredible things to transport you back in time, to give you an authentic feel of what it was like. This series of special interviews is available now at distinctnostalgia.com. 
Yes, and those interviews with those East is East stars are definitely well worth a listen. Go and search out Distinct Nostalgia when you can. Uh, you'll also find loads of LGBT-themed interviews with stars of TV and film, including Morris, Queer as Folk, My Beautiful Laundrette, and The Crying Game, to name but a few. But back to Bisexual Brunch now, and it's time for our bisexual personal journey story. Listening to the Bisexual Brunch Podcast. Kevin, thank you very much indeed for joining us for another bisexual journey story um, on Bisexual Brunch. Introduce yourself to us. Tell us who you are because you've got an interesting sort of um, profile, really. <laughs> Tell us about yourself. Uh, sure. Uh, I'm Kevin. I actually studied theatre in college and high school, so I was a a theater performer, and then uh, I do a lot of cosplay at conventions now, um, and I, I've gained quite a following on Instagram. I know you're big on Twitter. I'm more of the Instagram person, but, um, and yeah, I'm just doing a lot of different things. Very eclectic. And that's what I enjoy doing. Um, I used to do YouTube videos, but not so much anymore now. It's just, oh, I do have a podcast now, which is exciting, but um, but me, I'm just a big geek, um, and <laughs> I take every day as, as it comes type of thing, so... Fantastic, fantastic. Now, I didn't. I I said Kevin because I, did, I did, wasn't sure yeah. how to pronounce. How yeah, to that's pronounce, me. I wasn't sure how to pronounce your surname, so I'm going to let you do that. Oh, <laughs> uh, Gadzalinski is the is the name. So, and where's that from? Where does that come from? It's Polish. Yeah, I thought it might be. Yeah. Um, but I'm actually more Italian. I, my mom is Italian. Full, and then my dad's half Polish, but I get his last name. So, <laughs> right now, that's that's good. So, tell us a bit about your podcast. Then, what's the podcast you're doing at the moment? The podcast is called Words of the Witches, and it's uh, a charmed podcast. I have a big charmed collection behind me. Uh, it's a charmed podcast going over the novels and the books and comic books, so all the published material that exists in the universe, and kind of analyzing those and comparing them to the show. So, uh, something different, but something that people can really enjoy if they're a fan of the series yeah fantastic that sounds really good um that's really really good that's um, that's how lewis and i connected actually ah, okay. <laughs> so he's a charmed charmed fan is he he's a charm yeah. oh yeah oh yeah we actually do another podcast um as part of made in manchester which makes bisexual brunch we do a thing called distinct nostalgia which um is basically mainly about old tv programs and films and things and people come on there and answer 30 questions about their favorite tv program or film or whatever and then if they get through to the final, they then have to answer general questions about films and TV. And that's quite interesting because it's sort of you're putting people really on the spot about their their specialist subject, you know. So maybe oh, yeah. we'll have to get you on. We'll have to get you on and test you about Charmed at some point. That'd be really fun. That'd be cool. cool. <laughs> OK, so would you say, would you say, obviously you're doing all sorts of things. You've got your fingers in lots of different pies. Would yes. you say, Would you say you're an actor mainly or what would you say? Uh, yeah, and I, it's not. I don't usually do it as a profession. It's more of a, ho- a hobby of love. Uh, I've gotten paid for it, but it's more just like when, when the opportunity strikes and when there's an audition that I want to do. Um, for, in the day job, I actually work for a spice company, and uh, yeah, I sell spices and seasonings and help get those out to people. And <laughs> well, you've built so. up. You've built up a big following on uh, on Instagram, haven't you? You've got a really quite a big following. I mean, how many people have you got following you on Instagram? It's just under thirty thousand. Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? It's pretty good. And, yeah. that, and that's how long? How long you been on there? I think what's that? Probably a few years ago. My first, I made an Instagram account uh, during the first Ranger stop, which was a Power Ranger convention, 
And that was, I think it was like 2019 was when I made it. Fantastic, fantastic. So it's, 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 been, a, it's been a steady increase. And, and what, what do you, I mean, what do you get from it? What is it you, because obviously lots of people have the Twitter accounts and Instagram accounts and all the rest of it. What does it give you personally? How do you, what, what, what's it, what, what does it give? Obviously you're giving stuff out there, but what, what does it give sure. you? I think just like having people that are interested, it's really just a place for me to express my journey and all the things that make me up, make me, me. I'm very proud of all of my layers and I just like having a place to show people what I'm doing. And if people are along for the journey, it's like this whole little community uh, of people with similar interests. Um, you know, and we, I, it goes in all different directions. I have my model friends, I have my cosplayer friends, I have, you know, the charm friends, uh, and they're all just kind of there and we're all supporting each other and, and just like reveling in our fandoms, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> and does bisexuality come into it sometimes? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm always uh, vocal about that and promoting it. And sometimes people, like, it's been a while since I posted a bisexual thing and then I post another bisexual thing, like, Oh, I didn't know. Crazy. If they're newer and, uh, but yeah, I'm always talking about it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's part of me too. So. Well, we're going to talk about it some more now because you're <laughs> appearing on here uh, because we, we want to talk to you about your bisexual journey story. So let's start off then. How old are you? I'm 33. You're 33. And what's your status at the moment in terms of your relationships and things like that? Uh, I am. Living with uh, a boyfriend. I don't want to get married. I'm not a marriage type person. Sorry. I'm <laughs> just with, a, with uh, a partner. But uh, yeah, it's it's been about nine years. Fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm the same. I'm, what am I, um, 15 years with a, with a partner who's male as well. Now, it's interesting because you're, you're actually then the first person we've had on a bisexual journey story on this show who, uh, is, who I'm talking to who's from a background of being in a... Uh, gay facing relationship most of them we've spoken to so far have been in straight facing relationships so this is this is interesting how did i mean yeah let's go back did did you have is you know when did you realize you were bisexual has it been more recently or was it way way back i came out officially about a decade ago uh and uh but it was something that i always kind of struggled with when i was younger because like i could i I came when I was younger. I was just like, okay, I'm straight. Uh, and I, but I think of like preschool. Like I was very open. I had openness to all. And then in elementary school and middle school is when it started to confuse me a little bit more. Where I'm just like, okay, I'm having these feelings. Maybe it's just something, you know, I'm feeling because I'm I'm going through puberty. Maybe it's just like that little phase that everyone always uh, the stereotype we get for that. But uh, I was juggling with it for a long time. Um, and then it wasn't until I was like 22, 23 uh, in college where I just broke up with my girlfriend. Uh, I was with her for like two years in college and I just broke up with her and I got I just was experimenting a little bit more. And when I had an experience with either sex, I'm like, oh, yeah, I like both. OK. <laughs> and that was a huge turning point for me. It was very refreshing. And I found this new light and I'm just like, yes, I love being bisexual. And <laughs> so... Yeah, that's great. That's great. But what about the connection with your partners? Were you the partner you had before the current one? Were you open with her about the fact you were bisexual? I I was still trying to figure it out. Like I kind of knew I was bisexual and we had conversations about like what bisexuality is, but I was still too in the closet, I think, to like really admit it to her. 
because I still haven't admitted it to myself. It wasn't until after we broke up where I really um, came out to it. Do you think if you had been open to her, do you think she would have accepted it? Do you think she was the kind of person who might have taken it on board okay? I think so. I think there was a, been a, would have been a transitional period, but uh, I think it would have been okay. She was just a little nutty for me. That's why it ended. But, but who knows? But <laughs> Now, you've been in a relationship for quite a long time, as you say. Nine years is a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you, you now you're open about your bisexuality on Instagram and all the rest of it. So... Your mm-hmm. your boyfriend and I I absolutely agree with you about the marriage thing. By the way, I'm I'm not into all that either. It, it feels too ownership thing to me. It's like I don't want yeah. to be owning me or me owning them. It's if you want to be together, you you be together, don't you? That's it. You know, it's I mean, simple as that, right? Exactly. <laughs> so did so were you were you up front with him from the beginning? Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of an education too, because uh, he had some preconceived notions about what bisexuality was, and you know didn't really think of it as valid so i had to really educate him a lot on it too and he's come around so <laughs> that's interesting when you say you didn't think it was valid i mean did he say things like oh, i used to have people saying to me look you know you're just confused you'll make your mind up eventually you you blah 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 or 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 look bisexuality really doesn't exist kind of thing i mean what, what how how severe were his sort of myths as it were uh, he was always kind of in jest but it was still something underlying there so I was just like, hey, he would he would say bisexuals are greedy a lot. Uh, that was his thing, <laughs> and sometimes he'll still say it just to tease me. I'm like, no. <laughs> but and, and, but and have, you, have you done anything to show your greed? <laughs> no, not that I know. I don't know. <laughs> chance, I always say chance would be a fine thing. I always say to that quite that question, right. You know, <laughs> what? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, so do you think? Do you think now that you're, I mean, you must be because you're talking about it on Instagram, but, you know, are you comfortable being in a, are you in a, are you in a monogamous relationship, would you say? Or are you an open relationship kind of guy? Somewhere in between, <laughs> more or less, but um, we do have the opportunities to, to venture out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, I'm, yeah, I think that's a similar kind of thing in my, in my relationship. We don't talk about it a great deal, but it's sort of happens now yeah. and again kind of thing <laughs> it's an unspoken yeah. kind of thing um and and do you does that mean that you um you know take part in your various elements of bisexuality in terms of different genders and you know are you, have you done things with women and different other genders as well in the last nine years you know a little bit but it is definitely harder to <laughs> because i'm kind of shy about like <laughs> going out to people and approaching people. So I've never actually asked anybody out in my life. Uh, it was all like people who came up to me first. Um, so like finding women, and they usually like to be chased. And because I'm not much of a chaser, it's it's difficult for me to, to find women because usually it's just all the guys like, hey, hey, I'm like, okay, you're there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I would I would definitely be open to it. But it's, you know, it's just the opportunities aren't as vast. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I understand that. And do you, with your partner, do you talk about that side of you the other side of you you know the side that likes women kind of thing do you do you ever i mean is he this is the other question presumably he's gay he's completely gay right right, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. do you ever talk about you know i mean have you ever fantasized about the prospect of having a woman in your in your you know menage a trois with a woman or anything like that or has that never been on the equation i talk about it uh it's not something he'd be interested in but it's i do i do talk about it all the time like yeah that's that's 
in my in my mind, always in my psyche, kind of lingering. So, <laughs> and what does he think? What does he think about that? Does that sort of um, he just rolls his eyes? Does he? <laughs> yeah, just bleh. <laughs> <laughs> how would you how would you think of yourself would you in terms of i mean people people get annoyed with this question sometimes but when we when they set up the kinsey scale back in the 50s there Mm -hmm. was this thing about how people where people were on a scale wasn't there um what where would you say you were would you say you were like you know 60 40 50 50 you know where are you more attracted to men emotionally and for physically or or vice versa or or does it move sure i mean I definitely get in certain moods where I'm like, you know, feeling it's one way or more than the other. So it does move a little bit, but I think in general, I'd probably be like a 3.3. Like very, very slight preference towards men. Right. No, I understand. I understand. I think I'm probably, I'm, I'm got definitely got a, 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 a preference towards men as well. But would you say, I mean, because you've had a, the interesting thing is, and this isn't always the case actually, you've actually had a relationship, a proper relationship with a woman, and you've had a proper mm-hmm. relationship with a man. What mm-hmm. would you say the differences are between the two relationships? That's a good question. Uh, and it varies by person to person, you know, because it depends on the personalities. But I think uh, there is a certain understanding more with another guy just because you know you had like, similar experiences whereas like when i'm with women i'm i'm guessing a lot more if that makes sense like just trying to figure out what her journey was like <laughs> yeah yeah no i i, I understand that I, I think there is a there's an understanding between men that i mean often the connection between men is literally sex isn't it a lot of the time let's face it um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when, when, but when it comes to first certainly when it comes to first dating a woman it's much harder isn't it it takes a long time to sort of get to that point and you know all the rest of it uh not with every woman of course some women are very sexual and very sure. upfront and, and whatever and would so eat, it's, would eat you alive you know what i mean <laughs> so. it's quite subjective and you know it's uh it's uh i guess in general you know women are looking for some like a, a huge commitment they have this these marriage fantasies and stuff like that so it's they're approaching it a little bit differently sometimes yeah, no, absolutely. When you were coming to terms with it or trying to sort of work out where you were, did it pose difficulties for you? I'm thinking about in terms of when you were, you know, when you're finding your way, did you, because people do talk about people being confused and do talk sure. about people not knowing where they're going. And there are people out there who are in that situation. Um, but the fact that there isn't any, generally any role models and people you can look up to uh, who are bisexual along the way, did it leave you in a situation at certain points when you got quite sort of, you know, depressed about it all? Yeah, I mean, it was probably like eighth grade through like freshman year of college was like the whole period where I'm just like going back and forth and trying to figure myself out. I was like, okay, maybe I just I don't want to have a relationship with a man. Maybe I just like the idea of getting off with somebody else or, you know. I can't even, I can't imagine myself kissing a guy. You know, it was like I had all these little inches towards different things. <laughs> um, and I'm, I've had encountered, I think when I was in eighth grade, I had a friend who I knew, I've known since kindergarten and um, we gave each other a massage one time and it was very erotic and we had a little bit of an encounter and it scared, it terrified me. I'm just like, <laughs> it was like, I was just quiet. We, we didn't talk about it. And uh, it was, uh, is this something we never talked about? But then it came up again later, and and he's like a a, a pastor now, we're trying to reform, and he had to apologize. It was really he's in the closet, and it's sad, but I feel I feel bad for him. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, and then the first time I actually had had a full on sex with a guy, I was like shaking uncontrollably, like I I, I could not like funk really fathom what was happening. So it was it was taking some getting used to. Well, nobody nobody prepares you for these things, do they? You don't have a, there's not a manual out there to sort of train you in it and tell you <laughs> yeah. what to do, is there? Really, you know, it's quite no. quite hard in that sense. Um, why is it important to you? You're in a this question often comes up for people who are in straight facing relationships because of all the the perceived privilege that people have in a straight-facing relationship. There are a lot of people who are gay and other people, straight people, who will say to somebody who goes on about being bisexual, they'll say, why does it matter? You're in a straight relationship, you're monogamous, you're this, you're that, the other. What's the problem? Um, and obviously Lewis would come back and Nikki would come back with a, you know, with quite strong arguments about why it's important to emphasise your bisexuality as well. But I'm sure there must be people who probably look at relationships that I'm in and you're in who think the same thing. You know, it's like, well, if you're in a happy relationship with a guy, um, why do you have to keep going on about being bisexual? Why, why does it matter? Because to a lot of people, when you and I walk down the street with our partners or whatever, they automatically think we're gay, don't they? So right. why, why, is, why does it matter to you to express your bisexuality? Bisexuality to me feels like home it feels like an identify identity that i love and i'm proud of and it when i discovered that it was super exciting and i am super proud of it um so i want to make sure people are known and i want to make people visible because we were often we are often invisible in the gay relationships or the straight relationships uh, and the more people are become aware of bisexuality and realize that the thing the more minds will change and the more you know it become an acceptable thing and you know it's it's just there to give people perspective and and to have people like oh i know this person who's bisexual and you know is adamantly bisexual and it makes them think a little bit more <laughs> yeah no absolutely i mean that that is that's it's very true and it's very important I, I i agree with you um what do you think about the general support that bisexual people get from within or not, as it were, from within the LGBT world. Lately, it's been getting better. I mean, since the, the decade that I've come out, when I first came out, it was a lot harder. I think there wasn't as 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 much shown about it. But I think as the trans movement is coming along too, it's breaking the bisexual movement, taking it with it. Uh, so it's getting a little bit better, but it was hard for some time. And there are some people that are still going off of stereotypes and, and going off these notions that are just wrong. Uh, I've had... Uh, someone I did a show with, uh, they convinced me of being a liar, you know, and and it and it was hurt because this was a friend. This is someone I went to college with who I was acting in this play all this time, and he was just telling me that he knows me better, better than me, and it broke me for a while. Uh, and then there's another. I had somebody on Instagram too that said like, "Bisexuals are trash." You know, I can't be friends with you anymore. I'm like, "All right, bye then." <laughs> like, <laughs> so. It still is there, but I'm noticing a lot more support in recent years than it has been. With all those myths that fly around about, you know, being greedy and not being being able to ha commit to a relationship and all these kind of things, what is the one that hurts you most, do you think? What's the one that annoys you most out of all those myths? Hmm. Probably the, you're just really gay, because I think that's the most common one. And it's the one that's, you know you have to fight the most and it's harder to, to, to come across because they, people have been thinking it for you for so long and they, and they, they don't see it when you're with a guy. So it's you having to explain 
constantly. <laughs> um, yeah, if you're if you're going around saying I'm not gay, I'm not gay, I'm not gay, it makes you feel as though you're being homophobic yourself, doesn't it? And it's not the truth yeah. at all. You know, it's just nonsense. Right. You know, it's quite it's quite it's quite difficult. What about the whole thing of um, you know you're in a relationship where uh, you know a sort of partially open relationship where you you're able to do other things with different people. Mm-hmm. There is a notion, isn't it, that people do think, like you mentioned at the beginning, that everyone who's bisexual is greedy. I mean, what do you what do you say to that? And in the in the sense that you're in a situation where they probably say, "Well, look, look at you, you 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 enjoying yourself and all the rest of it." What do you what do you say? I mean, obviously, gay people and straight people do as well, and we shouldn't. Right, nobody right. feels feel, feel guilty about these things. But what do you say to people when they say that to you? What do you say to your boyfriend when he says that to you? Yeah, it's just like everybody has attractions, and you don't you shouldn't have to shut your attractions off. You just kind of focus it in certain ways. So. I say bisexual people are certainly capable of being in monogamous relationships, just like everybody else. Uh, but you know, if you're in a straight, if you're you know monosexual and you're in a relationship, you don't stop being attracted to other people. You see all the celebrities on TV and say, "Oh, he's cute" or whatever. Like, you know, it's still going to be there. So just just think about your own brain and see how your brain your brain works. <laughs> you know, and you know you can probably understand it a little bit better. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So we were talking earlier on about um, the fact that you, you know, um, on the sexual side, we were talking about the fact that you, you sometimes think about having a maybe a woman in the in the you know the three kind of thing, you yeah. and your boyfriend kind of thing. Um, have you ever managed to do that? Just that kind of scenario? Has that ever happened to you? The closest thing <laughs> was um, there was a, a couple, a man and a woman. A heterosexual couple and they wanted me to kind of come in for a little bit and <laughs> so we, we got to that and i was and what happened was i was supposed to um have an encounter with the woman and the man would watch that was the idea um and it kind of happened but i was also like i drank to me a long island iced tea so i was actually kind of falling asleep and passing out <laughs> so it didn't go exactly as planned but it was fun while it lasted i can tell you that much <laughs> Well, that's, that's sex all over, isn't it? It's always, it's never what you imagine it's going to be, and there's always something goes wrong, and yeah, you know, it's yeah. just that's the way it is, isn't it? So I like another go eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is there is this thing which we've discussed with other people on uh, on different episodes about uh, called um, uh, ethical non monogamy. Have you heard about right. this? Yeah. And, yes. and, and is that something that you and your partner might consider? Uh yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> It's we haven't been too in far depth, but I think it's something that would be something to to talk about. Yeah, I mean, it basically means that um, you you sort of have to set down certain boundaries, I suppose, really, and, mm-hmm. and you you, you got to make the rules and, and abide by the rules that you create together. I and, think it gets yeah. a bit. I think it gets a, mo- a bit much if you're signing forms and things. I think that would be. A bit <laughs> yeah. <nice>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. So I think that's that's quite difficult. So how what so. You obviously have got a lot of connections in terms of people on Instagram and various other things, and, and you, you know, you, you, I know you, you're in touch with Lewis and whatever. But in terms of people that you know, genuinely know, as in friends or whatever, who are bisexual, how many, how many would you say that you know, you know, to be able to, how many could you literally from here now go and visit tomorrow and sort of um, have a good chat to? How many would you say? Yeah. This is something that I've been that's been coming up on your podcast a lot. I was expecting it. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't even know. I ha- I had a roommate who was a bisexual woman. Uh, I've known her since kindergarten, and, and then we kind of reconnected uh, later in life. But um, I can go see her. She's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's about it. That's all I, I can think of that I know. No, you know. 
<laughs> yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? But um, but how many? But you know that that's who you specifically know. But obviously, you know people online and things like that. Sure. You know how many people do you suspect within your sphere? Probably are bisexual, really. I mean, you must have come across friends and people over the years who've shown signs of things and whatever, men and women. You, you know, and maybe yeah. they just maybe they just not had the opportunity to really open up. I mean, what's your suspicion? Yeah, uh, there are definitely some that come to mind that I can be like, if if I pry a little bit, and there are people that have spoken to me about it, like um, they have told me that they thought about things or like they, they really enjoy, you know. Um, Looking at straight material, you know, I feel like there's a lot of gay men that enjoy straight porn, you know, so I, that's interesting. Uh, maybe it's just the context of it all, but that's kind of cool to note. And, you know, even like at the gym, I can see there's people that are like staring me down. It's like, but they're like being, <laughs> being like something that's scary to them a little bit or unfamiliar, but it's, I notice these little things. <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting, isn't it? And I will, I do wonder if the, you know, if it, if we were in a situation where people could be much more open about stuff, um, I think, I think there are a lot of people. And again, this is not to be derogatory towards people who are gay, because you know, um, it's legitimate and and people are gay and all the rest of it. But there, there are genuinely, obviously, people who aren't completely one hundred percent on the spectrum, either straight or or gay. And I think sometimes. There are people in the middle who don't necessarily feel as though they want to be categorised as gay. Oh, yeah. A lot of the time because of lots of different things. I mean, it's like, you know, you go on the LGBT scene, as it were. You might not feel an affinity with the campness or the outrageousness or whatever it may be. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but if you're initially, you know, getting into that world, it can be quite difficult to deal with it, can't it? You know what I mean? Right. And there are... You know, some people don't like labels at all, and some people are more comforted by labels, and that's, you know, that's fair either way. Uh, so <laughs> I'm one of the people that enjoys my label, but I know that it, for some it's very limiting. And uh, and people are, are more happy to just be fluid and just go with the flow and and, and find their own path in their, in their headcanon type of thing. <laughs> Why do you think it's important, though, that we actually mention the word bisexual and we... We shout about it. We 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 let people know that bisexuality exists because there is a situation, isn't there, at the moment that things like pansexuality and fluidity and all these other things seem to get mentioned far more than bisexuality <laughs> in a way. It's like they bypass bisexuality somehow. Why? <laughs> yeah, why like you... we we <laughs> rose up, we enlightened, we passed it. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why do you think? Why do you think? Hey, why do you think that is? And why is it important that we let people know that it, that it does exist and is a valid sexuality? I think, you know, I'm always one for the underdog, you know, and the one that's that's kind of looked over the most, and that's where, where I wanted to highlight the most. Um, and it's with in any kind of character in TV show, I'm like that, but even in my personal life, and bisexuality is kind of feels like that kind of underdog. And, you know, just want people to know and, and have that exposure. And for me, too, because, like, my attractions are generally more cisgendered. Um, but, you know, you know, some people have... You know, you can more go into the pansexual category or even even bisexual means other and the same. So that can even count uh, transgender people as well. So but for me, bisexuality encompasses me more than any of the other terms. 
Yeah, no, I understand that. And of course, you know, there's uh, on the gender side of things, we people talk more and more about non-binary as well, of course, and things like mm-hmm. that, which again seems to get more traction than bisexuality does. We we've got some way to go. We need to shout more. <laughs> we need to shout more. Um, so, where yeah. would you say you are in your journey at the moment? It's a it's obviously a journey. Bisexuality is obviously a journey that you've really embraced and you really like it and you really are proud of being a bisexual, as you said. What, you know, where else do you want to... I mean, obviously, you're in a great relationship, which is brilliant, and your partner is open and understanding and all the rest of it, even if he does, you know, uh, sort of have a go at you and sort of joke and all the rest of it. Um, But where do you... Where would you like to explore? Uh, I think I'd just like to (laughs) open up... Get braver because I I'm brave about being bisexual, but I'm not brave about like <laughs> seeing people and meeting people as much. So maybe let my wants <laughs> drive me a little bit more and and make things happen. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, uh, just just continue to be a voice and make myself seen. And I've I found people that are inspiring. They see my posts and they they just like your podcast, they discover their bisexuality or feel comfortable opening up to me at least. And, and we have conversations. And, would it, would it help, what? would it help to have somewhere that, you know, I mean, physically somewhere where you could actually go and you knew that 90% yeah. of the people in that room were bisexual. That would be great. You know, there's no bisexual communities. There's no like organizations as much. Uh, there was one uh, in a town over in Madison. I'm in Wisconsin, but in Madison, there was a group that started called five to one. So it was kind of representing the five to one of the Kinsey scale. And, uh, they were going around and going to pride events and stuff like that and cr- trying to get a name for themselves, but I think it dissipated. Um, but I was really excited about that for a while, getting those group of bisexuals together. Yeah, no, it's 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 interesting how you do get little groups here and there. There there are people who tend to congregate around academia sometimes and um, mm-hmm. and politics and things like that. But then I think sometimes I mean nothing wrong with people doing that, but sometimes I think that puts a certain element of the bisexual population off as well. Do you know what I mean? They don't want to necessarily get involved in that because it's more for them. It's more just to do with people and attraction. It's not about having issues. Do you know what I mean? That's the difference. Right, you right. Know? You know, so yeah. um, I mean, I don't think you know we, we we've been having some building work done on our flat. You know, I'm sure some of the guys, the builders, are bisexual, but I couldn't see any of them going to some political or academic mm-hmm. function. You know what I mean? I just don't think it would happen. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I never even had like a real coming out moment. Like <laughs> I never went up to parents like, "Hey, you know, I'm bisexual." Uh, that never happened. It was more of just. I lived my life. I did do a little video. My, my my first act of like declaring my bisexuality was I did. It was during the YouTube craze when everyone was like, you know, shit these people say. So I did a shit bisexual guys say video. And I just, <laughs> it was kind of a parody, kind of half serious. And, you know, it was a cool mix of things. Uh, I'll have to send it to you after this, but it was really great. And that was my official like coming out. And then like a few years later, my mom just asked, she's like, what are you anyway? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was just very casual, very natural. I'm like, oh yeah, bye. He's like, oh okay. <laughs> and she was all right with it. Was she was completely okay with it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's like, all right. I was just curious. <laughs> okay, that's, inter- that's interesting. And uh, what was your what was your childhood like? I mean, was it something where you were you in a quite a liberal family, or what? What were they like? Yeah, I mean, I went to private school, a Catholic school, and they, we did go to church, but they were never like diehards. It was just kind of like. This is what we're doing. This is what we're supposed to do, I guess. Um, and and my dad is actually uh, a gay guy right now. So uh, he came out when I graduated high school. My senior year of high school, he came out, and then he moved and 
he's been with men ever since. So ah, that's interesting. And, and have, you, have uh, you been open to him about your bisexuality then with him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I never had a conversation, never had a one on one, but I am very vocal about it on my on Facebook and Instagram and stuff. So he's seen it and he knows. Um, but I never actually had a conversation with him. And actually, him coming out as gay early on it was part of what it worried me even uh from coming out it, it it i didn't want to be compared to him so i was afraid of like oh if i come out bisexual they're gonna think i'm just like my dad and i'm like Ugh, i don't want to <laughs> and i want to be my own person and i don't want to you know have those those connotations on him come to me and so it was uh it was tricky <laughs> yeah when you're young nobody wants to be like their dad do they they run away from no <laughs> <laughs> um no that's 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 really interesting it's really interesting and, and, and i've come across a few things like that situations like that i mean nikki discovered later on discovered later on in life that her mum is bisexual and she's in her 60s and then there's a a couple we've interviewed um on bisexual brunch who um revealed to each other that they were bi- that they were bisexual after 18 years together <laughs> and then discovered that their children were were three children were were gay bisexual and trans three all three different so you know it's yeah. it's everywhere it's everywhere yeah right <laughs> what do you now now what you you explore things in different ways on your um, instagram and various other things and uh, in your in that your you know that the, the things that you're interested in um do you think there is a bisexual culture or there could be eventually emerge some kind of culture. I mean, you talked to us about, you know, about your love of, of charmed and that kind of thing. <laughs> and there is a, certainly, Lewis is always saying that there is a, a trend in certain bisexual circles towards certain types of fantasies and things like that. Um, I don't mean sexual fantasies. I mean, fantasies right, in terms of right. stories kind of thing. Uh, I'm sure there's sexual fantasies as well. But that's not the story. <laughs> um, but what, uh, but do you know what I mean? Do you think there is, do you think there is underlying it all? Because we talk about gay culture, don't we? Do you think there's a? Do you think there could be a bi culture as well? Yeah, I mean, just get all the vampire movies, and, <laughs> um, and I, you know, I, I was, I went on the hunt. I looked for any kind of like bi narrative I could find uh, for a while. Uh, like what I have, I have uh, Race to the Bottom. I have The Lovely, uh, Beyond Therapy, like all those bisexual movies I'm looking at right now, um, <laughs> and you know, just having you represented in movies and, and TV and stuff is very exciting. And, you know, just like every other community has those more appearing, more media. I would like to see more bisexual media and, and kind of create a culture around those. And, and, and what about, you know, in terms of people's attitudes and things? I mean, you know, I, I mean, we, we talked, we've talked about this on the show a few times. I don't know what you think about this. Just the whole thing <laughs> about how we, as people, obviously everybody's different, I know, but how we as people approach other people in terms of our attitudes to things. You know, we live in a very binary world, left, right, right, wrong, black, white, blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> I get the impression with just about everybody I've spoken to who is bisexual through the process of making bisexual brunch, um, that we're a lot more sort of... Um, moderate sometimes liberal but liberal in the sense of we're open to different views and opinions we're not ideologically ideological zealots in that way um we seem to be able to as a whole this is me generalizing but we seem to as a whole be able to understand nuance and difference and 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 be quite tolerant and whatever you know do you think there is something common amongst bisexual people in that sense I do. And I think I live like that way in all of my aspects, not just my sexuality, but in, you know, in all the things I'm interested in. I always feel like I'm that, like that bridge. Like I'm not 
completely com- committed to one thing or the other. I, I like to take a step back and see both sides and see the whole picture. Uh, so, and I don't know if it's because I'm bisexual or if it's just because it's me, but if it's something that's, that's commonly happening, it's something to consider. Cause it's like, oh, maybe, maybe, you know, we can, you know, get those voices heard on both sides and, and have, you know, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, collaboration. maybe, maybe we're the peacemakers. We're the peacemakers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what, so what would you say then is, is the, you know, you, on the, on this voyage that you've had of, of, of realizing you're bisexual and now celebrating you're bisexual, what would you say is the best thing about being bisexual? <laughs> oh, I think, you know, kind of tying off what we just talked about. I like feeling free and having, having that ability to, to see different situations and, and look at it in a, on a new eye and an eye that's like really receptive to everything. <laughs> um, and, and willing to take in everybody's side and find the common ground and find the, the good parts, the truth and the, the happiness of it all. Um, so I, I like just having that, that place in the world and, and feeling good about it. <laughs> No, absolutely. Coming back str- full circle back to your relationship, um, you've got a partner who who understands it all, uh, accepts it all. You've been together a long time, which is fantastic. Um, does he ever fear? Has he ever ever said that he fears that you might go off with a woman? No, which I know it happens a lot with people, but no, not not so much with him. So, and what about if you, what, 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 you know, what, what about going off with a man or the man kind of thing? Is, 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 he, is he now convinced by your commitment? He must be. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, he does. He, he always says like, he's like, you're gonna go off and find somebody else. It's fine. <laughs> like, just like it's like. So I guess he he accepts that it's a possibility. Doesn't think it's likely, but he would be understanding if that's the journey we decided to go on. You know, so it's it's very very casual, and we're not very we're not. You know, all upon each other. We're not really uh, territorial as much. Uh, we know what we feel, and we know how we connect, and and we kind of go from there. That's interesting, and I, and I think actually, um, a lot of people would listen to that and think, "Oh, well, that's not very, that's not very <laughs> stable." Blah blah blah. But actually, in my experience, I think you're in a situation whereby that relationship will probably last, you know, stand the test of time because you're in that kind of. A situation where you're understanding of each other you get it you understand that you both human beings and do you know what i mean and, and that will yeah. that will transcend everything because you've got that that trust and that that understanding mm-hmm. which i think is great it you know? feels very healthy but not by you know what people believe to be healthy but for me it, it seems to be a good thing and you don't need marriage to prove it Right, because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I hate about this whole thing of every you know everyone getting you know gay marriage and whatever. It's as though everyone seems to think they've got to copy the straight world that they've got to mm-hmm. live in that kind of zone and that kind of way of living, and it just doesn't it doesn't work for, for, right. for gay and bisexual people really, to be honest, does it? You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I mean. It- and my mom was married three times, so maybe I'm jaded by her, all her little moments. But it's like, you know, I don't like it. It doesn't feel right to me. No, absolutely. Any siblings? Have you got any siblings? I do. I have an older half-sister. That's my, my mom's first marriage. And then I'm the oldest of my uh, my parents. So I, my mom and dad had me, and then my younger brother and my younger sister. And uh, they all know you're older. bisexual as well, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And what's their what was their reaction to it? They didn't really they didn't really care. They're just like cool. My whole family was just like, all right, yeah, go go to you. Oh, you <laughs> like, wanted somebody to make a fuss, didn't you? Really? <laughs> I, I know. I'm like, all right. <laughs> But no, and my my sister is, you know, Miss my younger sister is Miss Social of the Universe. She knows everybody, um, you know, and my brother is a little bit more, you know, shy and reserved, but he's, you know, he's more, he doesn't care. You know, he does his thing. He's like, oh, whatever. Like, I don't need to know everything you do, but it's fine. Like, Fantastic. Fantastic. So, yeah. Kevin, Kevin, it's been lovely to talk to you. At some point, we're going to try and get couples on. So it'd oh. be nice to get you, if you could persuade your partner to come on the show as well it'd just be nice to get his perspective and get you sure. answering questions because you know there is another story to these bisexual journeys aren't there you know what i mean the other yeah, person right. who has to deal with this and you know and, and actually it might be interesting just to see what they say and how they respond to you know the questioning so if, if you know if you can persuade him at some point it'd be great to okay. get him on board what's yeah. his name Mark. Mark, Mark. Yes. Well, if you're listening, Mark, we want you on the show. <laughs> Good stuff. Kevin, that was brilliant. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. And just fi- finally, just just because I know, you, you know you, um, you've got your podcast and various things, just give yourself a little shout out. So where can, we, where can people find you? Sure. Uh, my podcast is called Words of the Witches, and you can find it on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. It's on all of those. And then my personal page where I do all my modeling and cosplay and all kinds of eclectic stuff is KGZ87, K-J-E-E-Z-Y-87. Fantastic. Actually, before we go, let's talk a little bit about your modeling. Because, of oh, course, yes. I bet that's something you've got another connection with Lewis on because he, he's always bearing all, isn't he? Yes, um, yes. <laughs> we are quite common there. <laughs> How do, what response do you get? And do you get a resp- good response from bisexuals? Yeah, I I mean I get responses from everybody. I guess that's what happens when you when you're showing skin, people get excited. Uh, <laughs> so, um yeah, I, I get some bisexual people, I get the gay people, um there's some women that pop up and yeah, it's 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 nice, I guess. It, it allows you opportunities to influence them in other ways and and maybe enlighten them in other ways. <laughs> I've done some sexy bisexual modeling. I've done I've worn like my little uh, by pride bow tie and uh, <laughs> suspenders, and it was great. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and Lewis has done that as well, hasn't he? A few times, he's done a few, yes. uh, a few of those paints. Uh, yeah. So you're 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 Lewis's competition, aren't you? Really, on the other <laughs> side, of, the other side of the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll just we're kinship on each side of the, the world here. Yeah. <laughs> and what what do you and what do you get out of doing that yourself? I mean, because people, a lot of people will see people doing that, and you know, the people have different again different prejudices about people modeling and things like that what is yeah. it that you get from it i i like having feel like owning my sexy and owning my sexuality like i'm proud of it and it's another layer of me and i don't think i should be ashamed for it um so and i, I try to do it in a classy way so it's not just like eh, in your face but i try to have an artist artistry to it an aesthetic to it a theme to it some kind of emotion um and all those elements together I feel like it creates something really beautiful and and I feel good about I feel really beautiful and I feel happy with it and if other people are inspired that that's even great more great. Yeah, do you think we do you think we still have a bit of a hang up on sex? I mean, do you think it's really important to do do what you're doing because we still have sort of a Victorian attitude internally, don't we? Yes, yes. And you know, some people are all about it and and get it, but I I've, I've been blocked from people who I thought were my friends who I had really deep conversations with and they blocked me cuz I thought I was too, they thought I was too sexual on Instagram. I'm like it's, this is 
nothing. <laughs> like this is just I mean, it's sexy, but I don't think it's crazy. It's not unheard of. So I it's it's and this is by some people who like who do, does fitness competitions, who's always in like tiny little underwear, and yet he blocked me for my stuff. So I'm like, uh, it's it's it very strange people's how people perceive it. <laughs> Why do you think that is? I mean just I mean what what is it about sex that we still think is it's so dirty and not, oh, we can't, oh, we shouldn't talk about that. Oh, we can't, you know, you can't sort of, I mean, you get things now, don't you? Because we had so many scandals. There were so different horrible scandals, which, of course, make everyone feel a bit, oh, we can't be open right. about this, that, the other. But, you know, you, you get people who are really moralistic now, again, about, you know, um, I don't know, age gap relationships. So there might be somebody in their 20s going out with somebody in their 40s and, you know, people are really moralistic about it. And actually, it's it's legal. They can do that. It's not anybody else's business. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. Uh, I don't know if what it is, if it's just like they're insecure about something themselves or, you know, they 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 have some kind of social, they were brainwashed in some kind of social experiment. I don't, you know, like the, the world does kind of try to veer you in one direction and, and some people get dragged in. They get swept up in what the what the media and what society is telling them to do and not really thinking for a moment for themselves. And maybe, and maybe they do have moral ground. Maybe it's a religious thing. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate sometimes. And maybe that's where bisexuality as, as a problem as well, in the sense that people sadly can't get beyond um, the word sex in the middle. Can they? It's everyone mm -hmm. thinks it's about sex. It must be about sex. They're greedy. They're greedy. They're wanting sex all the time. <laughs> Um, when of course it isn't about that, or, or you know, for some people it is, some people it isn't. But maybe that's where you know bisexuality right. gets mixed up in the in the equation a little bit. I do think it's funny that we condone violence and horror and macabre a lot easier than we do with sex. That's that's the weird part for me. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, here in the UK at the moment, you you'll often get things on news programs and all sorts of things and, and dramas that are really violent, really horrible, actually. And yet you'll get a warning before a program that shows, you know, a tiny bit of breast or penis or something. You right. know what I mean? I mean, that's the there's a weird thing going on mm -hmm. there, isn't there? You know, yeah. it'd be interesting to actually do to do a, a study into that as to what that is. Where does it come from? In the you know, at some point. Mm -hmm. But that, but I'm I'm digressing now. But yeah, no, it, it, is, <laughs> it is it is interesting. So people can see you in all your glory on uh, Instagram yes. and various other places. Yes, yes. Good. <laughs> good stuff good stuff good stuff and i just want to say that you're sat here um is it hot quite hot weather where you are at the moment it's pretty warm this week is coming up it's gonna be about 90 degrees uh so and you're, you're sat there with a sort of um what have you got on tell us what you've got on. describe what you're wearing oh, today this is my little it's like a hoodie uh tank thing uh it's got all the bisexual colors yes so yes. <laughs> pink purple blue it's it's technically out of order but it's fine it's they got the gist of it and we can see a little bit of flesh as well yes you can see a little bit of skin some muscle you know very nice um, <laughs> yeah i'm in underwear i'm not wearing i'm not even wearing pants so <laughs> <laughs> i don't think nobody does on zoom do they it's everyone everyone's naked below below the below right the... <laughs> actually i did an interview recently with a um for something else with a very senior person in the uk and um and, and halfway through the they, they had a suit on and halfway through the interview somebody knocked at their door and they got up and didn't realize that i could see and they just got their boxer shorts on underneath hey. so the suit on the top and the boxer shorts. that's so, funny <laughs> there you go the days of zoom i know absolutely <laughs> listen it's been really really nice talking to you and uh we'll talk to you again soon okay sounds good thank you thank you 
Bisexual Brunch is produced with love by MIM. And if you like what we do, why not support us on Patreon? Visit patreon.com forward slash bisexual brunch. Thank you. So Bisexual Brunch continues and we've got to the point in the show where we do our Ask a Bisexual feature. And now it's time to Ask a Bisexual. Okay, so we've had a message from somebody in North Wales who wishes to uh, remain anonymous. Is being a bisexual fetishised a good or bad thing? Personally, he thinks that bi women could do without it and bi men could do with a hell of a lot more of it. <laughs> so what do we think to that? I mean, who wants to go first? Go on, Lewis. Yeah, that's that's actually a really good question. And totally with the whole fetishization, like of less less doing it to the women, but more doing it to the men. Yeah, it would be nice if people were like, "Oh, a bi guy, ooh," and had a had a good reaction rather than a eh, no. I guess as with everything, I think it's probably case by case. You know, there's a level of being fetishized which is good, and then it crosses a point and it's a negative. Um, so I don't know. I think it probably comes down to the individual circumstance rather than a yes. We would like to really push the push the dial up on on the um fetishization obviously well, have you ever experienced it Lewis? because i have a little bit with um with with, with gay men who uh, some gay men as soon as they hear that or realize that you're bisexual get very excited about it so i, I think there is there, there's an element of it there i'm not so sure it's as much with um there's definitely women. none on from women yeah no. straight women there's no fetishization there i think maybe once or twice there's probably been gay men that have kind of been turned on by it. But they're not the kind of men that I was attracted to. Right, so that's, okay. that's a problem. But we've discussed this yeah. before, haven't we, Nikki? There are, there are actually women out there who do like the idea of, of, of two men getting it on. So that does exist. Of course. You know? And I'm one of them. Look, I must be the only person that I know that is always trying to persuade my husband to become bisexual or encourage him to come out as bisexual, whether he is or he isn't. Because that would just be for my satisfaction. <laughs> and he's so used to it now that he just, he started to make the jokes himself. So. <laughs> but but for, for, for a lot of women, and I'm, I'm sure there are women who who like it, but for a lot of women, it becomes too much, doesn't it? Well, what, in terms of being fetishized, yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Because, because then you're just reduced to your sexuality the minute you go on a date with someone and you always want to be seen as more than that. Well, actually, that's not true. Sometimes you don't. And then it's absolutely fine. But you want to be able to pick those occasions. You don't want it forced upon you. You want to be the active agent in that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so there, so there have been moments when you felt like that. You felt okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, if if the if what you want is just sexual, then it's actually fine to both fetishize each other. I always think, but it that it all depends. It depends on the context. If, if you've met with a sort of there's a hint that maybe you might be looking towards a relationship with this person potentially, if they were in any way, uh, you know, suitable for you, then it's annoying if that's the first thing that comes up. Ready to ask a question of your own? Send an email now to info at madeinmanchester.tv, and in the subject line say for the attention of Bisexual Brunch, and you might get featured on a future show. Don't be shy, they won't bite. Well, Nikki's on a hard stop today, just to let you know. She told us that she had to stop at a particular time. So a hard stop. I've sounds... been ripping me about this management term that I've, uh, I don't know, absorbed into my vocabulary. Because we say at work all the time. A hard stop. A hard stop means the meeting actually has to finish within five minutes. Well, it's become time. a soft stop because you're one minute over already. So... I know, so it's not... You didn't take it seriously enough. I understand. It's fine. <laughs> 
Okay, well, that's Bisexual Brunch for this week. If you've got any comments, thoughts, musings, do get in touch with us at, at Bisexual Brunch on Twitter. And thank you for listening, and we'll see you later. Bye for now. So then, Lewis, what's next? <laughs> okay, so what I've actually got to go and do right now is rummage through the bin, which is very <laughs> glamorous and sexy. But basically, Maisie has got a new skill where she sees anything and she puts it in the bin. So we obviously were going to record this. I went and sat at my desk and I couldn't find the mouse. And I freaked out because the mouse is like, it's a Mac one. It's expensive. I was like, oh my God. Like, and I haven't been sat at this desk for like oh. three days. So I was like, oh my God, like she, that could be like in two bin bags ago that it's gone. I found it, luckily. It was in her toy box. But I actually now, we, we, I'm going to have to go look at the bin and figure out a way to keep her out of it. Like we're going to have to maybe put a child lock on it because I, I, like, honestly, everything, phones, remote controls, all ending up in the well, bin. Well, she could become useful actually, in a way. You know what I mean? Cause, uh, so she <laughs> has. The other day I changed her nappy and you put it all in a nappy bag and she took it off me when I put it in the bin. So it's, it's, <laughs> we've got to teach how to discriminate what belongs in the bin and what doesn't. Yeah, the right kind of child labour. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This programme is an MIM production. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.